Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me in this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and tall, T-A-L-L dot com. Uh, I invited my guest today because I purchased his movie last week, Words of Art, and a powerful, cool, amazing movie with some of my favorite people. So our guest today is Evan Money. Evan is a visionary, a best-selling author, a global entrepreneur, and executive producer of the blockbuster film Words of Art, starring Joel Osteen, Zig Ziglar, Darren Hardy, who are some of the other amazing people, a bunch of other people and more. Evan lives his dreams and encourages the world to do the same. He and his bride of 17 years remarry in a different state or country every year. They have two amazing children and reside in majestic Rancho Palos Verdes in California. He was born and raised in Southern California. His bride was excited to marry money. However, it's only his last name. His challenge at the time was he was broke. Now they've come full circle and have enjoyed full-time staff to do their shopping with credit cards that don't decline. They reside minutes from the new Trump golf course in California and truly do live happily ever ever after. Uh, Evan now spends his life teaching others how to do the same, and he sees it as a true blessing to speak and teach all over the world and encourage others to greatness. Welcome to the show today, Evan. Too tall, Tom. It is an honor, and one day I look forward to wearing heels tall enough so we can look eye to eye to each other. But excited to be with you today. I'm uh, five foot one, so you won't have to. You have to get on your knees instead. Uh, and I love the word. Anytime the word encourage is used in a bio, I love that. My definite purpose in life is to encourage as many people as I can to think po- positively. And I have a tattoo with the word encourager on it. So uh, I love when we can use that uh, uh, in a description of any kind. And so excited. As I mentioned, I bought that Words of Art movie last week. Uh, there's more than just those names. The Joel Osteen, Zig Ziglar, Darren Hardy. Oh, you talk about Jim Rohn. Uh, you also have Mark Batter. What's his last name? The Amazing uh, Pastor. Oh, yes, Mark Batterson, the Circle Maker. The Circle Maker. Our church did a five-week study on that book, and we were just for Volunteer Appreciation Night a few weeks ago given the book All In, also by Mark. And so I'm very familiar with his work. So let's start off by talking about this words of art. First of all, it started, or in the very start, there was a picture of a cassette tape of Jim Rohn, who I had the pleasure of introducing at a seminar in Canada over 25 years ago and and uh, selling tickets to seminars that we promoted with Jim. So talk about words of art, talk about uh, how Jim Rohn got you started, and man, I was envious. You got to meet Joel Osteen and Mark Patterson, and man, this is cool. So tell us about the movie, what prompted it, how you put it together, 
Uh, it's an amazing movie. People should certainly buy it. I just mentioned the personal development people because those are the ones that excite me the most. But you had some amazing musicians. You had a talented poet. Uh, talk about the movie. I loved it. Oh well, Tom, getting a, a sensational review, you know, from someone of your caliber is, is really what means the world to me. Because again, you were the audience I was going for, and I, I realized as we screened the film that to various different audiences, the reaction that I've gotten from people who have no clue who, you know, a Jim Rohn is or Darren Hardy or some of these personal growth icons that you know we know and love. But to see others that don't know them still have a favorable reaction, I was shocked. But again, to hear someone of your caliber, Tom, of your background, you know, praise the film. That you know, I can just—I don't need a, to take a car to my next appointment. I can just float over there. So I really appreciate those kind words. But the the film. Let's let's talk with Jim uh, in the beginning, just to be clear. In the film, for those of you that, that will go buy it and watch it. it it was a cassette tape but not only that it was a pirated cassette tape because back in my early 20s you know i couldn't afford to spend five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars you know on cassette tapes and programs so a the top salesman at the company i was working for handed me this again pirated badly pirated cassette tape <laughs> i put it in my sony walkman and listened to it and that was the first experience i had ever had any kind of personal growth, personal development, and to this day, my children still listen to that, that, that message of the art of exceptional living. I still have it in my iPod. I still listen to it, and I still get some new things out of it every time I listen to it, and it's just like, wow, you know, these, these amazing wise words that can stay with you for 20, 25 years, you know, learn to work harder on yourself you know, than you do on your job, you know, mm. or it's not what you get that makes you valuable. It's what you become that makes you valuable. I mean, these mm. are the stuff you could just, again, I've been working on it for 20 years. And as I get to different stages of my life, it's like, oh, yeah, it's not what you get that makes you valuable. It's what you become. And the major question to ask is not what I'm, am I getting here? Whether you're on a job or you're, you know, you own a company or you're doing something, it's what am I becoming here? And so, you know, I, I encourage a lot of people. I just ask those same questions to people, and they go, oh, wow, I never thought of that before. And so, again, Jim was really the first. And so as I progressed through 20-ish <clears throat> years of personal growth, I realized that, you know, what was shocking to me was there was no – there really wasn't any tribute done to these 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 great people, you know, the icons, the the, the Ziggler's, the the Jim Rohns, the you know the Dennis Waitley's, and yeah, I mean these these iconic guys, and the, there were other icons that I contacted about being in the film. We'll get to that later. That that weren't able to be in it, but I realized I was like, man, something needs to be done for these guys. And so, a lot of times, the question people ask me is, well, you know, when did you decide to make the movie, and how'd you do it, and it was a process. I mean, it was going through 20 years of personal growth and then going, gosh, you know, all these icons are getting older or they're dying. You know, there's, there's not this one definitive piece of work on them. And you look at every other industry, sports especially, you know, they're very good at honoring the past, you know, the Hall of Fames and the this and the that. And it's like, for personal growth, we never really had that. 
And as many people have pointed out, there's no one replacing them, Tom. The, right. the only person really ever to, to cross into that space would be Joel Osteen. You know, he is the one replacement for everybody. And so mm-hmm. I thought there's, there's got to be a way to honor these people. And Tom, you may have been there. And I apologize if I missed you. I know a lot of people are like, I was there. I was like, you were? I didn't see you. was the Jim Rohn Memorial. And I believe that was 09, I think it was. And, oh, and everybody flew there. in. Oh, okay. From the response, so <laughs> we missed you on that one. But, you know, everyone flew in. You know, Tony Robbins, Dennis Waitley, Les Brown. You know, all the, the icons were there. And I'm at this memorial going, wow, we need to do something for these guys. And it was just a seed at the time. So I'm encouraging a lot of people that, you know, it didn't just hit me like a bolt of lightning. It was just a seed. And I was like, hmm, that was interesting. And Les Brown gave an amazing talk at that event called Because Jim Spoke. And if you watch it on video, it's just not the same as you were there. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, I saw that video. It's like, no, no, you had to be there. So hearing that talk Because Jim Spoke, I realized, Tom, you included, where would you and I be if we hadn't heard from these guys? Right. And it was like, wow, so impactful of the, just the words. Because Jim spoke, he changed so many lives, yours, mine, the, the millions of listeners you have to this, this podcast going out and the viewers to all your materials. It's like, where would we all be? And it was like, wow, those words are so powerful. And so I ended up getting a documentary. I'm a big documentary fan. And so this is one of those documentaries you couldn't, you know, get online. You had to wait for the disc. So I'm frisking my post off, you know, my mailman to get the disc from Netflix uh, for this documentary. And it was from a guy I was a big fan of. He was a famous musician, platinum-selling albums. He had hit TV shows. He had hit movies. I mean, this guy had done it all, and I was a fan. And I was like, man, I can't wait for this guy's documentary. And I put it in. I watched it, and I was like, oh. And it, it wasn't the fact that, oh, I didn't, I didn't want to play a critic and be like, oh, he didn't do this, do this. But I just, after I watched it, I was like, I could do that? That wasn't that hard? You know, you know from a documentary mm-hmm. standpoint. Now, normal movies, you know, a lot of people don't understand what goes into a normal movie. You've got 100 people on the set. You've got VFX. You've got graphics. You've got this. But a documentary, you know, is filmed a totally different way. And so I was like, I could do that. So... I, God gave me the idea in the shower. He said, Evan, words of art. So I had a title. I had, I could do that. And I had these seeds of honoring these great people. And that was where we started. So I picked up the phone and I started calling people. And I was like, okay, let's call all these people and say, hey, do you want to be in my movie? And so a lot of people are like, well, Evan, how'd you get Joel Osteen? You know, that's one of the big questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we started announcing, it was quite funny, we started announcing, you know, who's in it and what's going on. And, you know, I went to this seminar of a guy who was a famous connector, and that's kind of his thing is, you know, I teach you how to talk to the famous people and get to all these people. And he sends me, and he calls me right away after I sent this tweet out. He goes, how'd you get to Joel Osteen, man? <laughs> He's like, I can't get through to that guy. <laughs> I was like, well, so... I wanted to come up with some great scientific formula, so uh, I didn't have one. So I've created a, just after reverse engineering it, I'm going to tell you the formula and everyone listening that I used to uh, contact and work with all these people. And so if you've got your pens handy, uh, this is... I got mine. Okay. 
not quite rocket science, Tom, but, you know, pretty close, okay? So I use an acronym just to make it easy, and the acronym is PAY, P-A-A. So PAY, P-A-A, and the first thing, P, is prayer. So before I started, I said, help me, Lord, because obviously I can't do this by myself, and I believe firmly that nothing can stop the power of prayer. Amen. Oh, absolutely. And and again, we're not going to get to heavy theology and doctrine and all this nonsense, because I think a lot of times uh, the enemy can use that as a distraction, but I believe God really has three answers to prayer. The the first answer is my favorite, which is, yes, here you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second one is not yet. That's not one of my favorites. And the third one is I have something better. Mm. So a lot of the times we we think it's a no, but it's really just God saying, hey, you know what, I've got something better for you. Hang in there. Keep taking action. Just watch. Just watch. Just watch. And I often ask God a lot of the times if I could fast forward. You know, on the YouTube videos, you have that little bar at the bottom. And you're like, well, let me just hit the dot and fast forward so I can, you know, see what's going to happen at the end. Um, but, again, so I just, I'm again, I'm a, I'm a big believer in prayer. And so, you know, I believe, you know, his better is better, way better than what I can think of. So I expect it. So when he says, I have something better, it's like, okay, God, I'm ready. Let's go ahead and show me. Mm. So one quick story for that, real quick on a sidebar, is our beautiful daughter is an amazing young woman, and we were able to adopt her. At She was one day old when we adopted her. And wow. We originally wanted, yeah, we wanted to go to a country called Belarus, which is right outside of Russia. And we're like, okay, we prayed about it. Okay, we felt like God was leading us to go to, you know, this faraway country in Russia and adopt this little girl, and that uh, they ended up closing the country. And we're like, what? Oh, my gosh. You know, our dreams were crushed and all this stuff. And we're like, oh. And so it turns out we get a phone call one day, as we were boarding an airplane, Tom, that says, hey, the baby's here. You need to come get your daughter. We're like, well, we're getting on a plane. What's going on? No, no, no. Your daughter's here. You need to go get her. We're like, baby, baby. <laughs> so we ended up ready for this now. We live in Southern California. So instead of flying halfway around the world to Belarus, God said, here, I want you to go 45 minutes down the road to Mission Viejo instead and get your nice. one-day-old baby girl. And the, the best part about it is my... My mom, who was an amazing angel, she died way too early, died when just in our first year of marriage. And my mom was basically the redheaded stepchild, a product of infidelity and all this nonsense. But she had red hair and blue eyes. And so when we showed up to the hospital to get our adopted baby girl, Tom, she had red hair and blue eyes. Wow. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, so... Again, here we are ready to take this pilgrimage to Russia. And God's like, nope, I just want you to go 45 minutes down the road. So, again, wow. part of the formula Very nice is of prayer. Them. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, again. Oh, and just as, a side note, just as a side note on that one, uh, Dr. J.B. Hill, the grandson of Napoleon Hill, him and his wife also adopted two kids from Belarus. Mm, okay, okay. I guess they got in right before us. Yes. <laughs> so that, that was a perfect example of not yet, and I have something better. So yeah. part of the formula, again, is prayer. The next part of the formula, the A, is for action. Now, for those language, linguistic folks, I know you're on that side of the world, Tom, where you have to be multilingual or, or, or you know. Yes, <laughs> French, know anyway. French is. <laughs> But in Latin, 
the Latin word for action is rarer. So I think mm. that's perfect. Yeah, I think that's perfect because it's so rare for people to take action. Everybody talks, very few act. And the only right. thing between you and accomplishing your dream, whether that's making a documentary, whether that's speaking on stage, whether that's starting your business, is action. That's it. That's the only thing separating you. And we always regret, Tom, we always regret the things that we didn't do the most. You know, I should have, would have, could have, ought to. Mm. <laughs> and we can should have all over ourselves, but that doesn't help. Only action helps. And so the second step in this magic formula, right, is prayer and taking action. And so I prayed, but I didn't wait, Tom, for Joel Osteen to call me. So Good. as much as I would have preferred that, I said, you know, I think I better call him. <laughs> and in fact, everyone that was in my movie, I had to ask in one form or another. Nobody called me and said, oh, can I be in your film? Later on, we had a press release and we had an offering, and I've got, I, I found two amazing people that way, but I still had to ask to see if they were interested. So I had to ask, you know, everyone to take action. And so, again, it's prayer, it's action, and then I got ahead of myself. The third A in pay is to ask. And you have not because you ask not. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, everyone includes you and I, <laughs> will receive. And so, Tom, you had to ask for this interview. Okay? Again, I had to ask everyone that was in Words of Art to be in Words of Art. So I dialed the number. And I got through, and, hi, this is Joel. Victoria and I can't come to the phone right now, but if you leave a message, we'll call you back. Now, it wasn't quite that simple. I had to get through Joel's gatekeepers, 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 gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. But when I finally, and I had to ask each time, okay, who are you? What do you want? Yes, yeah. you Joel to be in this documentary. Okay, well, who the heck are you, and what's going on? And so I will tell you this, the first yes that we got, You'll love this. The first yes that we got from anywhere was the Ziegler uh, team and the Ziegler Foundation. Nice. So I remember, yeah, I remember talking to all you Zig Ziegler fans out there, Laurie Majors. And she said, I love Laurie Majors. <laughs> yes, she said, oh, yes, we'd love to be in it. And I was did the biggest happy dance you ever saw because I imagine <laughs> after Jim Rohn, the next cassette tape, right, back in the day, the next cassette tape I was led to was none other than Zig Ziglar. And so for 20 years I've been listening to Zig and talk about his assistant, Laurie Majors. And yeah. Yeah, and here they are saying, yes, come on down, we want you. And so I was like, whoa, this is exciting. So that's really kind of the story and how it came. So that's my magic formula. I prayed, wow. I took action, and I asked. But uh, where does the pay come in? Where is there a Y, or you're using the A as a Y? No, nope, but just P A A, just three. P A A. Okay, very good. Prayer, ask. Oh, prayer, action, and ask. Correct. Nice. Good I, formula. There's plenty good of people formula. that get that confused. There's, there's plenty of people that run around and take action, but they never ask. So we had to make those separate so people get it. You have to ask. Right. And Darren Hardy, ooh, ooh, very cool, very cool. Oh, yeah, cool. let me, you, you want a fun Darren Hardy story? Yes. Okay, I don't know how much time we have, but I'll give you a fun Darren Hardy story. So I talked to a contact, and I said, hey, you know, we like to have 
Darren in the film, can you get us, you know, connected to Darren? So he was nice enough to do a three-way email. Hey, Darren, meet Evan, you know, da 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 So we're, I'm talking to Darren back and forth on email. Okay, who are you? What's this all about? You know, I want to make sure this isn't going to be a movie like this, and you're not going to do it this way. And we're like, oh, no, 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 it's going to be professional. It's going to be clean. And um, so we're making progress. I'm like, yes, we're going to get there. already will. And then Darren puts us on the email. He says, you know, there's, there's a, the emails are going back and forth really quick, and all of a sudden there's like a lag. I'm like, uh-oh. And then the last, email, the last email he sent to me said, okay, you know what? Just call me last. And I was like, ah. Oh. Because my original vision was, oh, Darren will be in it, and then Darren will open the doors to everybody, and it'll be so yeah. much easier. But Darren said, call me last. And I'm, in hindsight, I'm glad he did, because when it was such... And again, I, at first I had my little pity party and, you know, it, you know I, the great analogy is I'm either, and you're probably the same way, Tom, I'm either up, you know, people are like, Evan, are you up all the time? I'm like, well, I'm either up or I'm getting up. So it's one of those two things. So yeah. after I got up from Darren, I said, okay, no problem. I used it as fuel. So I ran around, got all these people, and then we ended up filming basically majority of the movie. And then I came back to Darren and said, Hey, Darren, this is Evan Money. As you recall, we uh, talked to you about words of art. Well, here's a trailer. And so people are like, how come Darren Hardy isn't in the trailer? Well, because Darren Hardy asked mm. me to come to him last. So that's why he's not in the trailer. So he's like, oh, you got Joel Steen and Tom Sigler and Mark Redd. Oh, yes, 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 let's do it. Let's go. And so he was a man of his word. He said, hey, call me last. He realized we were legit. And he said, okay, let's do it. And so... Darren kind of opened the vault for us and really helped us with Jim Rohn and some of the things. I brought the Jim Rohn cassette so Darren could see it and really had a, a great connection with Darren. And so that was a, a fun one of, you know, again, going back to prayer, right? Not yet, and I have something better. So I could have had a pity party and said, oh, forget Darren, I'm going to show him. But I realized, hey, you know what? Darren has a brand. And he said, hey, we have to be very protective of the brand. So I had to go out kind of on my own and prove it and come back and say, hey, here you go. And once again, he realized the quality he was in, and we're so glad he came aboard. Wow. And big name to add, and uh, for sure, as a former friend and partner of Jim Rohn, uh, he would have loved to see that cassette tape. So, wow, so cool. Uh, one thing to interview these people on the phone uh, for a radio show, but to meet them in person. Wow, what a... What an accomplishment. Very, very cool. And so uh, what's the best place, uh, because, gee, now that I'm thinking of it, I can't remember myself, what's the best place for people to get that movie? Oh, Tom, what a great question, of course, is a... Oh, I think I bought it from Amazon. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. So, so we, we would ask, first of all, that everyone will buy in triplicate, please, and <laughs> give us gifts and mementos and... But you can pick it up. The easy version is you can get it on demand at Dish if you're a Dish subscriber. Uh, Amazon, iTunes, those are like the big two. A uh, good friend of mine, when I told him, hey, you know what, you can even get Words of Art on Xbox, he told me, he's like, hey, here's a great line for you. He's like, the best use of your Xbox is buying Words of Art. So if, uh, if Amazon and iTunes aren't in your fold and you don't have Dish Network, go grab your kid's Xbox and order it up. So right. I may be incorrect. Platform. I think I ordered it through iTunes. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So again, Dish, Amazon, iTunes, Xbox, any way you want to go. And if you want to see a fun trailer, you can run to words, 
wordsofartmovie.com. That's wordsofartmovie.com. You can catch the trailer, and you can also you know, order it right then on the spot if you're not connected with any of those other outlets. Right, and who isn't connected to any of those? So wordsofartmovie.com. Uh, you're one of the smart people, and your name is a little unique, so if any people want to find out about you, I made this mistake in a few interviews last week. I didn't mention the website, but you made it easy for people because it is your name, Evan Money. And if you don't know how to spell Evan, E-V-A-N, and if you don't ha- know how to spell money, I'm not going to spell it for you. You need help. <laughs> yeah, talk to all the people at the bank. They call me Mr. Mooney, so thank you, Tom. Yes, and so exciting for your wife to marry into money. Yes, indeed. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall, you know, for that discussion. Okay, you know, Mom and Dad, I've decided to marry money. <laughs> Especially in Los Angeles, right? It's like, what? what are you doing? Very, very cool. Now, uh, I love to find out from people what are their uh, key points of success. Uh, you call them three pillars of success. Um, explain to uh, our listeners what are your three pillars of true success, true success, not just success, but true success. Yes, and, you know, you speak of success and, you know, Success Magazine, and this is not Mm. by any means a slam on Darren Hardy because Success Magazine is like the beacon of positive print in this world. And actually, Darren and I had had some great, it was so great just to connect with these guys off camera and, and really hear their heart and so Darren again is such a champion of you know positive print so unfortunately though with success in order to get you know people's attention you know they put a lot of celebrities on the cover and some other things and but what you see typically in Los Angeles and around the world is you see these people living these one pillar lifestyles and the three pillars of true success of course is your health your relationships and your finances and so often, everyone's living this one-pillar lifestyle. And, you know, we can name the names, right? You know, Steve Jobs, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Robin Williams, you know, Philip Seymour Harris. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And the bigger your pillar is, if you're only living a one-pillar lifestyle, the taller that pillar is, the harder you fall. And the, the real key is to invest, Tom, in all three pillars. And I say invest because it's a mindset change because – when, I mean, when you're dealing with finances and Tony Robbins got his new big book out, you know, about investing, and, you know, when you invest, you, you invest for the sole purpose of it, and you expect returns, Tom. I mean, everyone's like, duh, Evan, tell me something I don't know. When I invest, of course I expect returns. But you have to use that same mentality with building your health and your relationship pillars. So I choose to invest in my health. So when I invest in my health, I expect returns. I've been blessed enough to hire Mark Wahlberg's trainer, and Mark was nice enough to share. I really appreciate his generosity. And this guy is world, world class. He has NFL football experience from training top athletes. He has you know, worked with Mark for a long period of time, and now he has his own special little boutique area. And so I invest large sums of money with him, and I expect a return on my health. I expect my mm-hmm. body, body physiology to change. I expect you know, a return on my investment. And the same thing with my marriage. You know, I choose to invest in my marriage. And my bride and I have been married 19 times, Tom, in a different state or country every year. 
And that is a financial investment as well as a relationship investment because I don't want to be like these, all of these other people with these one-pillar lifestyles and this litany of divorce or drudgery, you know, labeled behind them or, yeah, that's my wife and then I've got my five mistresses behind her. You know, I don't want to be that Tiger Woods guy. And so in order to have an amazing marriage and truly live happily ever after, I invest in my marriage. I invest in my relationships. And for my children's sake, you know, some of you people listening that want to understand about legacy, you know, any counselor will tell you that children would rather know that their parents loved each other than that they loved them. And divorce is so destructive because it ends the story. And just like that, everything's lost. The love story's over. You take the pictures down. And so I didn't want to leave that as a legacy to my children. So my children know without a doubt, hey, mama loves daddy. And mama may love daddy a little too much, but, you know, they get it. They know we're connected. And I, I had a moment with my son. I like to, whenever I can, take him places, put him in the car, have him go with me, different business trips and things. And I asked him a question, Tom. I said, son, my son's 11. I said, son, how do you know? Or I said to your son, do you know that I love you? And he goes, yeah, dad, you tell me all the time. You know, typical response, right, 11-year-old. And I said, well, okay. I said, that's good. But, you know, I could be lying. So how do you know that I love you? And this was his answer, Tom. You ready for this? He said, I know you love me because you're married to Mama. And I was like, What? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow. So, again, I came from a divorced home. My bride came from a home where they're still married, but it's not really the most exciting relationship, if you know what I mean. So I choose to invest in my relationships, invest in my health, and invest in finances so I can have a three-pillar lifestyle. Because like Jim Rohn talks about, you know, make excellence a lifestyle. And excellence is not teetering on one pillar. Exactly, exactly. I love it. And you have to work on your... Uh, marriage. I've been married uh, almost seven years, and uh, it's not uh, the fairy tale that people think of before they get married. And if you don't invest in that key relationship, uh, it's not going to be as good as you thought. And so I, uh, I love that. And I can see from one of your pictures that your trainer. Uh, has done pretty well because you got some big guns on uh, those biceps there. Uh, we've been we've been working on that for a long time. But to piggyback off what you said, Tom, I tell people a lot. This is one of my a new quotes that I've discovered: is don't be upset with the results you didn't get in your health and your relationships with the work that you didn't do. So I see so many people getting upset with oh my marriage and all my relationships and all my health when they didn't put any work in. So how are you right. going to be upset with the, re- you know, don't be upset with the results you didn't get with the work you didn't do. So I just want to come right. out and be a champion and an encourager, not to make you feel bad, but to be encouraged like you, Tom, to say, hey, use the same mindset in your finances as your marriage and your health and watch what happens. Exactly. And one of the best things my wife and I did, there was a, a marriage enrich- enrichment course at our church. And, you know, these couples that you see every Sunday and you think, oh, what an amazing couple. They got it all made. Well, every week a different one of them would be leading the group. And it all started with, in the first five years, I wanted to kill them. In the first five years, I wanted to leave her. In the first five years, I hated her. 
And uh, now these are people now married 20, 25, 30 plus years. Uh, uh, and so obviously you've got to work on it uh, to get to that stage. And so uh, exciting to hear that that is one of your pillars. Now let's talk about uh, your core values because pillars, the three pillars are amazing. Let's go through those ones again. Family, fitness, and finances, right? Hey, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm making good notes here. <laughs> well, so I, now I, let's go through I, the, the core. The, I'm sorry. The reason I don't do the, the three Fs is for a lot of people, you know, especially I, I notice now the, the younger generation, right? Tell me say that's kind of scary, but these, these 20 and 30-somethings, they're kind of figuring out that they don't want, you know, what their parents were doing. And right. so, a lot, you know, a lot of them, it's not about necessarily family, but it's others. And so I think relationships goes to, you know, anybody that you're associating with and spending time with. Right. And that relationship may be with a mentor. That relationship may be with, be with a good friend. And these things, you know, a lot of people think, oh, just friendships just happen by, you know, natural coincidences. No. <laughs> it's no. <laughs> you have to, if the more you invest in these relationships, the better. I'll just tell you a quick, fun story. I've got a young man that I mentor, and he was talking to me, telling me on the phone, he's got a friend that he does a lot of stuff online, and, you know, these are 20-something guys. He got this new position in, you know, Texas, and he's, you know, got a, you know, all this excitement, all this money, but... This guy's in Texas, doesn't know anybody. And he's like, yeah, I feel a little disconnected out here, you know. And, and so he's, you know, with his friend on the phone, he realized, he's like, what am I doing? He goes, you know what, Joe, I'm going to come visit you next week. Really? Wow. You know, and again, that's an investment. He took his time, his money to fly out. Instead of just commiserate with his friend on the phone, he flew out to hang out with him and build that relationship. And so people are like, well, duh, that's not rocket science, Evan. I know it's not, but most people don't do it. They'd be like, oh, yeah, right. text me, or you know, we can Skype. No, he took the time to go invest and sit down with him and face-to-face and connect with him. And it's, it's the little things, Tom, that make all the difference. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Love it, love it. And I love that this uh, that you distinguish, call, let's call it relationships, because... Uh, uh, when you're older, uh, I'm 51, so I have many friends and deep, deep relationships from lots of time spent together, and you can't build that over Twitter, over LinkedIn, over Skype, over nothing. It's those times that you remember when you're together, and uh, those are the most important things you'll have in life. So you can have material goals. Uh, but if you don't have those relationships, material goals will never make you happy. And well, so I love that you no. shared that. I love that you shared that. Now the three are, oh, uh, I don't know how many there are, but let's share with us your core values because it's the values uh, that really help you uh, with your purpose and your goals. Uh, if you work from your values reverse engineer it, figure out what your values are, and then work from there to figure out what your goals and your purpose in life is. And maybe can we talk along with the core values of Napoleon Hill's number one principle, you've got to have it, or the other 16 principles are useless, your definiteness of purpose, your definite purpose, and obviously you've discovered that. I've changed Hill's wording a little bit to your 
God-given purpose because I had a purpose before that was me trying to be like someone I know. And now that I really have my God-given purpose, I just feel like if the Lord was sitting on the other side of my desk, which would be pretty, very cool, uh, I think he would hand me the exact same document I have written out as what my purpose on life in life is to be here for. So talk about your core values and your purpose and how you came uh, to discover uh, both. Wow. No, Tom, I'm, I'm gleaning the wisdom from you here. This is fantastic. So uh, one, cav- or one little side note I wanted to talk about before we get into the, the core values is the, the benefit you have, as I shared as we're doing this interview, you know, you're under 20 feet of snow in the frozen tundras, and, you know, it's just about 80 and sunny and perfect outside is you get the advantage of being snowed in to build relationships because here in Southern California, it's always beautiful. So they're always outside running around doing all this stuff. But when you're, you're snowed in, you've got a lot of time to connect and, and really you know, sit down and have some good quality time with people. So I, I do envy you for that because L.A. is all about, okay, where are we up to next? Let's go here, go there. And you know, about the only connecting we get is in traffic. So uh, hmm. <laughs> we'll mention that. But for me, and what you said, Tom, is so amazing. You talked about reverse engineering because it really starts with the core values and working it backwards. And so for the parents out there, there may be a lot of parents listening, and you know, you, you know, there, there's really two, two. Well, there's three really, but the two main principles for parent raising children. You talk about marriage enrichment. You know, you go from there, then you talk about raising kids, and it's like, woo. Um, but the classic, you know, majority of America and others are in this parental spot. You know, they, they don't have the income and the finances they want, so the discussions with their children is, you know, we can't afford it, so shut up. You know, that, that's kind of where they're at. And so that, you don't need to necessarily have core values when your limit is financing. Oh, we can't afford it, so don't worry about it. Where if you're in a position of financial abundance and you can't afford it, now the discussion is, well, yes, we can afford that, but I choose not to buy that for you, and this is why. And so now if you're going from that, now you have to have reasons and you have to have core values and you have to have things to to work on. And so it's a lot easier sometimes to raise out of a lack mentality because you don't have to think about it. Well, we can't afford it, so it doesn't matter, right, versus well, I can't afford it, so it does matter, and what are, what are my strategies here? So with, so with me, my core values, you know, Napoleon Hill 16 are awesome, but my attention span is so much shorter than that, so I could handle three. You know, three is about all I could carry. And the three that I'd like to share with you are action, which we've talked about already, you know, is taking action. Napoleon Hill is huge on that. In fact, you know, that's one of the secrets know that Napoleon talks about and think and grow rich you know weaved in there and if you look at all the the text and all the stories everything is about taking action you know I still remember the guy that wanted to be in partnership with Thomas Edison right so what did he do mm. he took action right he got his butt on a, on the train and trained his way out there and said I'm gonna be in business with you he didn't say right. well gosh if I could just get an appointment or if my friend could hook me up <laughs> or if I could just connect with him on LinkedIn you know it'd be a lot easier he got on the train and stood in front of him and said, here I am. Okay, he took action. And so in order for a lot of us to take action, there's something that I have patented called, you know, action triggers. And one of the best ways to use an action trigger is to simply ask better questions. Mm. So, you know, Tony Robbins talks a lot about this. I mean, you change your questions, you change your life. So one of the greatest questions you can ask yourself 
is, Tom, you ask yourself all the time, is how can I use this? Okay? Gee, I'm in pain. My body's not working like everyone else's seems to be, right? Right. You know, how can I use this? Ah, I can be a resiliency expert. <laughs> okay? So, you know, there's questions like that. If you ask yourself better questions, you're going to have a better life. How can I use this? Let's, you know, I know a lot of your listeners are around the world, but for those who are in Canada, they don't quite get out much. There was this big event called the Super Bowl recently. And Katy Perry, who's a very famous uh, singer, did the halftime show, and so she's, you know, got all these amazing songs, and some of her stuff is really amazing, and some of her other stuff is like, wow, really, Katie? Okay. But she has a great song called Roar, and the lyrics in that song are extremely powerful. It's one of those things that gets me going, and Katie is one of the rare artists that actually writes her own music. A lot of people don't understand oh. that most, yeah, most artists don't write their music, but Katie writes her music, and so she wrote the lyrics to Roar, her best-selling song of all time, when she was in therapy, Tom. And she's in therapy, yes. And so she had to ask herself a better question. How can I use this instead of, woe is me, I'm in pain? And so by asking herself a better question, she got the best-selling song of her career at all time, which is Roar. Okay, so that's the magic of action, having an action trigger. And the best trigger you can is asking yourself better questions. The next nice. core value I have for your listeners, for me, is integrity. And that word is used so often, and unfortunately it's used in corporate America, and so that kind of you know, <laughs> dilutes it a lot. Um, I saw integrity in a big thing. I was at the Super Bowl, and they had this big, you know, went to the NFL experience. They had this whole thing on referees, and that's the other thing is integrity. But, you know, I'm going to talk about real or true integrity. You know, we talk about true success, right? Let's talk about true integrity. And so for me, it's really the truth may hurt for a moment, but the pain you experience from a lie will last forever. The truth may hurt for a moment, but the pain you experience from a lie will last forever. And so people go, wait, wait, Ev, I see all these people lying, cheating, and stealing, and they're just doing great. So it would seem from your perspective. Tom, just like you talked about in church, wow, I see these couples, and they got it going on, and everything's amazing, and then they tell you their story, right? Right. So, like we talked about with One Pillar Lifestyles, oh, man, Robin Williams, he's got it made. Really? Wow, Michael Jackson, man, he's got it made. Oh, Whitney Houston, she's got it going on. Oh, Steve Jobs, man, he's got it all together. Really? Really? And so in Hollywood, it's the classic Hollywood facade, which is what most people have. You know, we only see one side, right? We see the nice, beautiful, big, oh, wow. And then you drive around the other side and you see these, you know, little two-by-fours propping the whole thing up. And so, again, it may seem from your perspective that all these people lying, cheating, and stealing are doing great, but you don't see the other side of their misery and not sleeping at night and all the stuff that's going on because they're living that life. So, again, mm. the truth may hurt for a moment, but the pain you experience from a lie will last forever. And the great thing I tell people all the time is I'm ADD, I'm visionary, I'm all over the place. So I tell people all the time, hey, if I tell the truth, I don't have to remember anything. <laughs> so it's great. Mm. I say, well, what did I say? Oh, you said it was going to be this. Okay, perfect. Because I always tell the truth, so I never have to worry about, what did I tell that guy? Did I tell him a story to cover up this, to cover up that? It's like, hey, if I said that's what it was, that's what it was. 
So right. action, integrity, and my favorite of all, Tom, are you ready? Stand with me. Responsibility. Oh. Oh, a yes. bunch of people just stopped listening. Yeah, click. I don't want to hear about that. The highest paid people on the planet are the ones who take the most responsibility. Okay? Look at the pay structure of the CEO versus the guy in the mailroom. You know, typically it's a hundred time difference. Just add, you know, three or more zeros to the pay structure because the CEO is the one who takes the responsibility. Okay? Pro athletes, here's one. Pro athletes of all kinds get mega million dollar contracts for one reason. Are you ready, Tom? The reason pro athletes get paid so much is because they fail publicly. That's why they get paid so much. They fail publicly. You get to watch them strike out. You get to watch them throw the interception. You get to watch them miss the goal. You get to watch them get checked, you know, and flutter and, you know, miss the goal or whatever. You watch them miss the overtime, you know, game-winning shootout shot, right? Mm. They fail publicly, and that's why they make so much money. And the great ones, okay, the greatest of them all take responsibility. They own it. You know, let's talk about, you know, Football, for example, the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, the Ben Roethlisberger's. Uh, I could probably go back and name some great hockey legends, but, you know, you guys know them better than I do. But the great ones all take responsibility. You'll see them patting their chest or, you know, hitting their head or, or pointing something at them, telling their guys, hey, that was my fault. That was a bad pass. That was a bad check. Or, you know, I blew that. I blew that call. That one's on me. The great ones always say that. Okay, and I've never ever seen a great quarterback, you know, or a great hockey player publicly criticize, you know, when the quarterback they criticize their offensive line, or I've never seen, you know, a great hockey forward criticize his, his defenseman. You know, they take the hit. They say, hey, you know what? That was my bad. I didn't mean to make the play. I shouldn't have let that guy in that zone. I put my defense in a bad spot. They always own it. Okay, and that's the magic of taking responsibility. There's a hit show here in the States. It may have worked its way up to Canada called American Ninja Warrior. Have you heard of that one, Tom? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, just like classic reality TV, right? The second the guy falls in the water, what, they got a camera on him and a mic in his face. What happened? <laughs> it's like, well, we just watched it, but okay. Right, so they shove the microphone in their faces, and instantly, that's what I love showing my kids, is they'll watch and go up. Oh, Daddy, he's not taking responsibility. The guy will go, oh, you know, when my hand slipped or, you know, my shoes weren't getting much traction or, you know, I was really tired. And they have all these excuses. Then you have ones that say, man, I just wasn't strong enough. You know, I didn't bring it today. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. But, hey, I'll be back next year. And I, we pause the television set and I stand up and I cheer for those guys so my kids see, wow, daddy values people that take responsibility. Own it. Hey, man, I couldn't do it. I failed, right? I didn't make it. It was, you know, there's, I can't blame this or the weather is slippery, whatever. It's like, hey, I didn't have it today, but I'll get you next year. I'll be back. You know, that's taking responsibility. And in, in America, I don't know if it's the same in Canada, Tom, but there's a huge movement in America of people having children but never getting married. And, mm. you know, their mindset is, well, I don't want to get divorced, so I just won't get married. And it's just this this epidemic of not taking responsibility. Yeah, sure, we'll have kids, but I'm not going to get married. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> Why would I want that kind of responsibility, right? It's like, right. you've got to be kidding me. 
And who do you think loses in that, right? The, the kids are like, right. wow, I'm not even good enough to have my parents get married. You know, think about what, how that destroys the children. So responsibility is where it's all at. Take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Own it. Because the second you own it, the better off you're going to be. So take action. Have true integrity. Take responsibility. And with those core values, the world is yours. Right, and I don't know who teaches responsibility. It should be parents, I believe. Uh, I know last week I was coaching a mid-20s, young-20s guy who's unemployed, and he had more excuses for outside excuses. This person, the bad economy, this and that, like five or six excuses outside of himself for why he didn't have a job, and... It's just really hard to coach someone who still hasn't accepted responsibility for their own life. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you do everything in your life, you can claim responsibility for it. You might not have caused it. You might not have wanted it. But only when you claim responsibility for your life and everything in it can you make any changes. If you don't, then it's up to the outside world to make changes to your life, and that's not going to happen. Oh, yes, and that's what Jim Rohn talked about is the highest, you know, the highest level in life is one that can take responsibility. That is the, the ultimate level of personal growth is when you can take full responsibility for everything in your life, and that, and that was the one I didn't hear for a long time. You know, again, Jim said it. I listened to it for 20 years, and then I finally got it. And I was like, oh, responsibility. I got it. I got it. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, let's uh, remind people again, so I'm not uh, like I used to be last week, not forgetting to give your website. So Words of Art, is it Words of Art, the movie, or just wordsofartmovie.com? So if people are excited about the film, it's wordsofartmovie.com. That's wordsofartmovie.com. If some of the things I mentioned struck a chord or resonate with some of your listeners, I have some free resources, of course, and some great videos and free tools at evanmoneyleadership.com. Ooh, I didn't know that website. Yes, yes. So that's a top secret one again for your listeners but we don't want to be secret but evanmoneyleadership.com has some great resources and the last thing I want to leave real quick your listeners with Tom is helping people understand that we are all preloaded with greatness Tom like yes. the iPhone or whatever you know Android whatever platform you're on you get the phone and you've got a lot of great apps that are preloaded and so I believe wholeheartedly that God has preloaded us with greatness. We don't have to go outside for it. We don't have to go get a trophy. We don't have to get married. We don't have to make a movie. We don't have to get on this stage or whatever. We don't have to start a business. We're already preloaded with greatness, and all we have to do is let it out. And what you said earlier, Tom, really struck a chord. You were trying to be somebody else. You were trying to go outside for your greatness. Well, as soon as I'm like that guy, I'm going to be great. You know, And that's not it. Once you realized, hey, I just want to be the best Tom. You know, I'm going to let my greatness out. That's when all the magic started happening. So I tell everybody, just let it out. It's an inside job. And everybody's greatness is different than everybody else. 
You know, you know, everyone listening doesn't have to go out and make a documentary. I mean, they can, but that's probably not everyone's greatness. Your greatness is different than mine, for goodness sakes. You know, but let your greatness out because the, everyone wins when you let your greatness out. So I just encourage everybody to know instead of looking outside, you need to look inside. And there were three angels one day. We'll, we'll, we'll end with this story. There was three angels. And they're, you know, doing their angel stuff, flying around the world. And, you know, they realize they found the, the biggest, most amazing, awesome, use any explanation you want, the greatest treasure ever known to man. And they found it. And they said, look, we found this. What do we need to do? They go, oh, well, don't tell God. You know, he's just going to give it to the people. And you know what will happen then. They'll screw it up like they do everything else. And so that's why I love reading in the scriptures about the angels arguing with God and going, what are you doing? Don't, you know, don't, yeah. you know, why do I go and talk to that guy? Come on. So, yeah. right, angels, right, right. Yeah. so these angels, they have this most valuable treasure, so they go and they're like, okay, we've got to hide it. Where can we hide it? And one angel says, hey, let's hide it at the bottom of the ocean. Man will never be able to get down there. And this angel said, nah, man's pretty smart. Sooner or later, they'll figure it out. And as you know now, you know, we're talking about we've got wind things at the bottom of the ocean. We've, you know, we're mining diamonds off the ocean floor. You know, we're bringing the Titanic up. So glad the angels didn't hide it there, right? Second angel says, hey, I know. I got it. Uh, let's put it on the moon. Man will never get to the moon, right? He'll never be able to get out of there. We can stuff it in one of these craters. He'll never find it. And all the other angels go, no, 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 no. Eventually, they'll figure it out. You know, they'll get this thing going, and they'll get up there. The third angel goes, I got it. I got it. I got it. I've got the place where we can hide it, and man will never, man, woman, children, they'll never think to look there. And the other two angels go, where is it? Where is it? He goes, we'll put it right inside their hearts. We'll put it inside them because they'll never think to look there. And so, again, I just encourage you that the angels are right. God has preloaded you with all the valuable things you need. All your greatness is inside you, and all you have to do is let it out. Wow. Hey, I'm on EvanMoneyLeadership.com, and I just signed up for your newsletter. Woo! Yes, so EvanMoneyLeadership.com. That's a very great site. And uh, I like the blog post, Change Your Words and Change Your Life. My wife calls me the word police. I uh, (laughs) always know how to word a negative statement positively. Uh, or go. to avoid it altogether. So, yes, uh, when you speak around me, be careful, because I am the word police. I like it. Nice. And so uh, let's uh, give them one more time again, wordsofartmovie.com. Please, please, please buy that movie. It is powerful. It's amazing. Uh, the people featured in it are thought-provoking, interesting, exciting, wordsofartmovie.com. Go to that site. Get that movie. It is amazing. You will love it. And like Evan said, don't just buy one for yourself. The next time there's a birthday or gift you have to buy someone, what better gift than the Words of Art movie? You're practically giving someone their future and their goals by giving them that movie. So make sure you do that. Well said. And uh, evanmoney.com, this is an easy one. If you can't spell money, well, you're out of luck. You don't. You shouldn't be going to the website anyway. evanmoney.com and then evanmoneyleadership.com. That is a great website. As I said, I was just on it, signed up for your newsletter. So there's three ways people can get hold of you. 
but can I say it again? Buy the movie. The movie is uh, encouraging, inspiring, exciting, uh, mind-blowing. It'll give you all kinds of great ideas. And even though I bought it for the personal development experts, the spoken word artist was amazing. The musical artists were amazing. The whole film is powerful. Buy it for yourself. The next time you have to buy a gift, buy it for them. Buy it for them. It'll be better than some other thing that they don't need and won't use. This will give them basically their life and their goals and their purpose on a plate. So what better gift could you give someone? I like it. Thanks, Tom. Well, thanks so much for your time uh, with me today, Evan. I uh, can't say it enough. That is a powerful, powerful movie. Uh, you also have a book. What a silly fool. I didn't even talk about your book. Talk about your book as well. It's available on Amazon. And again, same search words, Evan Money. So look for Evan's books. Uh, but tell me about, uh, not the diet one, but tell me about the other one, because that's the one you're going to send me a signed copy of. Ah, yes. Well, the name of the book appropriately goes back to our core values and our formula, which is the book is titled Take Action Now. And it's really about, okay, how do we go from having a dream to living a dream? And so, so many people talk about one day, one day, one day. And this book, for me personally, I am definitely low on the the understanding scale. I'm definitely not a speed reader. You know, I probably read you know, think and grow rich ten times just to get what most people get out of it the first reading. And so my books are all big print, fast reads, really conversational because, again, unfortunately most people that buy books don't read them. And so I wanted to make something quick and easy that people would get through and digest and most of all help them to take action. And so the right, reviews that it? we've – oh, go ahead. And, uh, uh, of course, W. Clement Stone, who was the money and the man behind the Napoleon Hill Foundation, I use in my head and out loud and to other people many times, one of his favorite things was, do it now, do it now, do it right. now. I have, I have a PMA coin that uh, he used to give out as his business card, and on it it says, do it now, do it now. And so take action now. Not I'm going to think about it. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. That sounds like a pretty good movie, but I'm not sure. Go to wordsofartmovie.com. Buy it now. Don't worry. You'll love it. It'll change your life. It'll change other people's lives. So make sure take action now. Thanks so much, Evan. I appreciate your time today. I'm looking forward to getting that book, and I'll be watching that movie numerous times. Tom, it was an honor, again, to be connected and to spend such quality time with a person of your caliber. Thank you so much for asking, and again, honor to be with you. Have an amazing day. Take care. Okay, thanks.